Hi, I'm Taku and I've spent over 10 years telling my stories to thousands of kids across Australia. Now, I'm making my first kids TV show, but here's the thing. I don't have a lot of money, I've never made TV before, please explain, and I've never even been to film school. Yeah, I know, it sounds ridiculous, but that's why I'm doing this podcast. You'll hear how I'm working with the best in the business, how I'm finding the money, and all the behind the scenes stuff no one tells you about. This is Two Words with Taku. Let's learn this making TV thing together. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode we're going to be talking about authentic voices. And this episode I really want to focus on how I have realized that um, I can only speak from my experience as a black, female, African-born woman living in Australia, trying to create content, trying to write stories. But then my stories involve community, they involve different people, they involve different languages and cultures, and all of these areas and um, communities that I cannot speak um for or about because I haven't necessarily lived those experiences and I really thought it would be important to do this episode because I have had so many people say to me um, you know do you feel like Australia is racist do you feel like you know we need more diversity on TV do we need more black voices and stories told and you know all these really hot topics that are you know you see them on the political debates you see them um, on TV all of those things but I guess I realized that the same way that I have said, oh, you know, sometimes I feel left out or sometimes I feel like there's not enough space for me. I think I've also been not, um, what's the word? I, I haven't been more aware of other communities that perhaps I'm not including. Uh, so where am I going with this? I guess with the show that I'm creating, I've got these six characters and they're just a mix of unique kids from different worlds, different lived experiences. And I realized that I needed to have people in the writer's room who can inform those characters, those voices and those experiences. And I went to a conference called Make It, which is run by the Australian Film uh, Radio and Television School Afters. And at this um, at this conference, they had different people who were working in um, in TV, so as writers, producers, assistants, everything that you can think of. And then they had one session where they had uh, some people who were YouTubers or people who do online content, and. There was this beautiful woman there and her name is AJ Clementine. And when I saw her and she had her tripod and a little phone and camera and she was saying, you know, what she does with her YouTube channel. Uh, she was speaking and presenting on this panel. I was so intrigued. I had so many questions uh, because AJ is a transgender woman. And so I had questions more from, um, I guess, you know, I was just so curious about 
you know, why she tells her stories, how she tells her stories. And so I said to her, please, please, can I sit with you and just, you know, I want to hear more about you. I want to understand. And then also, if that's something that we want to try and include in our in our show, would you be, well, you know, interested in coming in as a consultant and also as somebody who can contribute, you know, stories or anecdotes or just, you know, share your experience and add that authentic voice to, to some of what we're writing. And a AJ was so amazing and so generous. The first time I sat with her, I think we sat for maybe three or four hours. And she is the only person in the whole wide world who has convinced me to drink bubble tea. I know this is a really random side note, but those squidgy balls, um, you know, the gelatin, whatever it is, and the tea and the big fat straw, I, I can't deal with it but that day I was just like okay I'm open I want to try and it wasn't so bad but I digress uh, so yes I could um, carry on about this but let me tell you a little bit about AJ from her official bio and then a lot of my questions you'll hear in the interview and then I'll, I'll say a little bit towards the end of this episode as well. So AJ Clementine is an Australian creator known for being an LGBTQI plus advocate for the community. She's also a vlogger who often shares life experiences about being transgender, whilst also covering lifestyle and fashion content. This year, AJ was featured on the Barcroft TV YouTube channel for the My Trans Life series and walked the Mardi Gras parade with Instagram in Sydney. She has been a featured creator at VidCon um, Australia in 2017, 18 and also 2019. AJ is just, she's lovely. I love her. So here is AJ Clementine. So can you tell yeah. can you tell us about yourself and your work? Yeah, of course. So I would define what I do as like content creation and like um, a bit of LGBTQI plus like advocacy and just like trying to provide like visibility for a space that is like needed like I want to do as much as possible with my time and like what I'm doing at the moment to create like visibility for trans people because I've realized as the time has gone on and I've been like creating content and like doing modeling and like acting and all those kind of things like that how being visible is so important mm -hmm. and it gives people that kind of hey like that's me kind of feeling that I needed in high school because I didn't really have many people that I could be like hey that's me and like relate to which is so important like like I can't stress that enough just like to having that one person that can put into words how you feel Mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. that that's just something that I just try and think about every day and so um for the listeners who can't see you at the moment um how do you identify or like yeah how do you yeah how do you identify maybe that's the yeah yeah um so I'm a transgender woman um and like I identify with being female like I don't like saying that I identify with being female because I just am and that was just like what it was from the get-go like I feel like identify kind of puts in this like I chose okay. to be that way like I'm choosing to be that way and that's like not like 
like I mean some people will feel like they identify as something mm-hmm. but for me personally I'm just like I'm female I was like you know what I mean like I was biologically born a male mm-hmm. but my brain is female and I needed to transition hence I had gender dysphoria and that is um, a medical term which is needed for a trans person to transition mm-hmm. and feel more comfortable in their body so that's what I did and um, I documented that that journey and I've just been really real and open and trying to be like authentic as much as possible with my truth and um conveying that in many different forms I can mm-hmm. and um yeah so that's me and I think what I what I really appreciate about you is um you're so kind in how you respond to some of these questions because I think I still have a bit of fear around asking the wrong thing or like how do how do I say this or how do I actually find out and it was so good having you come and be part of our writer's room to share your story so that we could understand about language and definitions from from your mouth and your eyes speaking on behalf of the queer community because um, I think there's a lot of there's still so much that people don't know and understand. And so even me asking how you identify is because I was thinking, oh, wait, how do I, what do I, what do I say? I mean, you know, just even trying to have manners and double check, you know, how do yeah. I, how would I introduce you? So I would say AJ is a transgender woman um, yeah. and she does all this amazing work and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I think, I mean, if it's okay, can I just ask then, um, in terms of you know you say transgender woman how like is the what does the transgender like adding that to woman mean because you said you just say you know you're a woman um and then but then you also say you identify as transgender woman so what does that mean and and I guess I'm asking for people who wouldn't know how to ask or what that means yeah so just having transgender as a label just puts in the emphasis that I have transitioned and that's a part of my identity and it's a part of my life and um like obviously I had the option with going stealth which is like a term that is in the trans community with just being able to if you're passable enough Mm -hmm. you can go stealth Mm -hmm. and just like not tell people that you're trans and just live your life um just being under the radar and kind of just pushing a trans identity to like the corner and not being like like it's not about like not being proud about it it's Mm -hmm, just about because mm -hmm. in today's day and age um people might not be so accept accepting about it and like it's about eliminating that fear of judgment and all these questions and stuff like that yeah and um I did that for like a small portion of my life but I realized that instead of just being a woman or just saying oh like I was not saying anything because like people didn't see anything else. Mm-hmm. I felt like the transness and my trans identity is so important, yeah. which like I said before, that visibility mm-hmm. is so important. So that's why I will say like I'm a trans woman and passionately say that. Yeah. And, um, and another trans woman might just be like, I'm just a woman, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just happens yeah. to be trans mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Like mm-hmm. um, I will say that as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not just trans, I'm not just such a trans girl mm-hmm. um, who talks on YouTube. Um, there's so much more to me, but um, when I'll tell people who I am, like that's 
part of who I am. And I was, there's no denying the fact that I did transition and a, and a transition is a huge like part of a trans person's life. Like it's not just an overnight kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's something to be like proud of and know that there's so much strength within that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, even the way that I first approached you was because I, I knew how much I didn't know and what fascinated me was how you'd taken to YouTube to then document that process um, and also, you know, um, giving insight into what that world looks like um, and even that transition process. And for us, you know, with the show, we wanted to obviously try and have more um, more sort of different stories being included. So, you know, the main character is an African-Australian girl, but then I also realized, oh, I've got a lot of friends um, from the queer community, uh, but I, I don't know what it's like, you know, being a young person within that community. And so seeing your work, I was like, whoa, that, that's a whole world of people who are actually sharing that, that stuff. So my question is, what made you decide to start the YouTube channel? And then what's, What's come out of that? What's come out of doing that? I started because um, I liked creating things in general. Like I like editing and I liked creating videos. And I was doing that in high school, but I was mostly doing like fashion related like videos, like of my outfits and like if we had, because I had a school uniform, but if we had like a free dress day, for example, I would like show a few outfits and get really excited to show like my sense of style because I wasn't that like, social transition stage I didn't have like um hormones yet because at the time you had to go to family court in order to receive um HRT hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. but um and that was just a scary process to me so I was just gonna wait until I was 18 um but I just kind of like was pushing that like thought of like I can't really validate or say that something until like the transition actually begun which now when I look back I'm like my transition began when I was like changing my wardrobe and like you know I mean presenting like the way that I wanted to present Mm -hmm. like but because I didn't feel like my medical transition was like started I didn't feel like I could really talk about my experience which um if we went back now then I would know that that's something I shouldn't be afraid of but there wasn't so much information like back then like six years ago seven years ago Mm -hmm. and so much things have changed so much since I've been in high school so there was probably like one trans person that I would watch and um yeah actually he his name is Sam Collins and he like made YouTube videos um but he was just like any other like guy YouTuber around that that time and like um, he, like, came out as being trans and was going to keep that a secret because, like, he was growing pretty big and he didn't want um, his followers to, like, unfollow him because, like, there wasn't really any, like, trans people around that time. Mm-hmm. But his followers were so accepting and he started making translated content. And I was like, wow, like, there's there's a space for that and there's, like, a need for it. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing how people reacted and being, like, wow, like, we need someone to talk about these kind of things. 
I was just like, okay, like I'm going to do it. Like once I'm comfortable, I'm going to work up the confidence to like speak to the camera because I rarely did speak to the camera when I made videos. It was more so just like voiceovers or just like I was really insecure and just like choosing the angles I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just working up my confidence to talk in front of the camera. And um, and when I started to see the reaction that it got then I was like yeah I'm gonna keep doing this and keep sharing more of my story and like kind of remove that layer of like is this oversharing or is this too personal because like it was helping like so many people and then um when it came to 2017 and I was invited to the first VidCon Australia um I had someone's parent come up to me and she was like in tears and she just thanked me for like providing her with information that she mm. couldn't like gain anywhere else um she couldn't find it through like people in her life or like friends and stuff like that it just wasn't really known and um she said that my videos helped educate um her on her child and yeah she was just like in tears and I just hold that to this day of like something to remind me of why I do what I do um and yeah you don't expect to have someone's parent like be in tears and just thank you for um what you do so yeah I hold that close to my heart and a constant reminder from that point onwards that I love what I do and I love that it resonates with people whether they're trans or not like yeah um there'll be people they'll be like um like I'm a minority and like feeling like your friends or just feeling like there's so many people out there that are just okay to express who they are and okay to just like live and breathe authenticity it makes people like safe and feel okay yeah and I think that's definitely your gift because you have a lot of light around the way you speak about your experiences but even when I asked you that question you know some people could have gone off and gone oh my gosh you know now you know I go to VidCon and everybody knows my name I've got thousands of followers you could have done that but I love how you kind of pulled back to the heart of what you're doing so around helping people have those conversations be more understanding and then have access to information um, from you know, the very people who are living those experiences. And one thing that I, I remember when we caught up, you talked about how much support your family had given you throughout, you know, all all these times. And I thought that was also quite beautiful because I think we talked about how there's still a lot of people who don't have that support from their families. Um, and, you know, they struggle with, you know, um, having those real conversations with the people around them. So I wanted to find out why do you think then so many young people take to social media to show and express their, their themselves, their truths? Yeah. Why, why do you think that's kind of become the thing? I feel like it's because we have started, I feel like the younger generation, because like I'm on the cusp of being um, Gen Z. So like I can kind of, like when it comes to my little brother and sister, I relate to them more than Gen Y being millennials. Um, and I can see like that their whole, like I can see their whole way of being brought up was by the internet. Like the way that they speak or the way that they um, relate to or they associate things with like other things 
is all because of the internet Mm -hmm. and as much as like parents these days and just like the older generation um, are trying to understand it it's going to be difficult for them to fully grasp what the internet has provided to these younger generations because like as much as they may view it as being negative and there's so much dangers of the internet mm-hmm. I feel like there's been so much good with what has been brought to them because it's made them care about things it's made them um express themselves it's made them be able to um like advocate for anything mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like um take for example like the climate crisis mm-hmm. and all Greta, of those kind oh of things like gosh. this yeah Isn't she like f- these geez yeah sorry she's amazing mm-hmm. and like it just shows that these younger generations find their voices online and they can actually speak and whether they can't really do that in their daily life or like they can't or feel like they can really um say things to the older generation because they will feel like they're always going to be right you know what I mean mm-hmm. they can take to the internet and finally get their feelings and views out and um obviously if you post something it's like always going to be there whether you delete it or not but it allows them to have this like trial and error and explore who they are and like it's got this easy access to this whole bunch of different identities especially on youtube where they can relate to and feel like if they're alone at the moment in their current situation they can feel like once they get out of their house or get out of high school those kind of things they can find people like that, you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can. They know that there's options to travel the world or, like, work towards something or, like, there's, they have access to, like, groups and stuff like that, like, um, like Minus 18, which is, like, a youth organisation here in Australia that's, like, um, for LGBTQI plus youth under 18. Like, you have all those communities online that you can reach, find out, like, when's the next a formal or like concert or whatever their event they're putting together and it's just there like easy for them they can do it in secret they can they can do it however they feel they need to it gives them that independence which I feel like the other generations wouldn't which is like that whole hush hush you don't speak about those kind of things and you don't really we don't talk about that kind of stuff even when it comes to like mental health like the younger generation have changed and like paved the way to just being open about that kind of stuff and being real about it. Like I, yeah. like when I, like when it comes to my parents, they're always just like, "Oh, you deal with that on your own time." So then you walk out the house and you need to act like this. But no, like we're all human, and um, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm, we all mm-hmm. carry baggage, and like we all know that bottling up that kind of stuff is not good. So, yeah, yeah I love that this younger generation is being more um, expressing and, like, like feeling their emotions instead of, like, yeah, like, trying to not feel things because we already see the, the dangers of, like, mas- um, toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and um, all of those kind of things, especially within boys. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's a new time. And if I feel like if I was to recommend anything for anyone who's curious about what's happening in this like generation and what's happening with the youth these days mm-hmm. is to watch um, HBO's Euphoria. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna write that Zendaya, 
yeah, Zendaya plays a lead in it and she was like a Disney star and this is like a big role for her because like it's really intense and there's like lots of nudity and there's lots of like themes mm-hmm. that teens these days resonate with. Like it might be like too dramatic for people and they might be, wow, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But there is, these are real stories that has happened more so in like America. Um, but yeah, lots of teens are resonating with these characters and it's it's actually the truth of what's happening these days and um yeah when I watched it I was just like this was similar to my high school okay. um yeah. kind of situation and the dynamic and it's portrayed in a way that is scary and parents might be like oh my god I don't want my kids to be exposed to this kind of stuff but like it's the truth yeah. like this is a, this is a day and age where we can't like pretend that 12 year olds are like being sent like like you know like pictures and like nude things and all those kind of things like that and that they got that curiosity and stuff like that and they're doing that in secret like there's there's no like like what would we rather do like pretend that that's not that's not happening or actually be open about it and speak about it you know what I mean yeah and actually be informed about it because I guess if you know then you can keep talking to people about it and finding more information. And, um, you know, I think about myself in my childhood, I grew up in a very strict religious family. My mom was super strict and there were always these, you know, boundaries to what I could talk about, what I could do, who I could hang out with. And then as soon as I left for uni, that was it. I was just like, you know, off on my own (laughs) tangent and stuff. So, um, my, my mom, um, is with, well, she's living with my 17 year old sister now and kind of going through the same issues, Uh, with her and I'm trying to say to her look you cannot fight social media you cannot fight 2019 and how young people communicate and talk and how they want to be so you know there's a lot of fear that I think is then almost pushing people even further anyways so I think it's important for shows like Euphoria I haven't watched it but if they're the ones that you feel young people can relate to um, then we need to see more of that. And it's actually good that you, you talk about that because I was going to ask about the web series that you've got coming up called Phased. Is it Phased? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that and how that came about? So Phased is like a queer web series which is set to be filmed um, next year. And it's a project I'm so excited about because it's based on a true story like it actually happened in Melbourne but it's been filmed in Brisbane Mm -hmm. and it follows um, these teens in their final year of high school that are trying to make this queer formal happen which is something that like I said before minus 18 have done um, across Australia now but they started in Melbourne and in one year that they held their queer formal they like they did everything normally and um, a bunch of lobbyists bought out the tickets in secret to try and make the formal not happen. <gasps> Are you so serious? That none- yeah. So this was all over the news and stuff like that. Like yeah. I remember I was probably like 16 when it happened and I was kind of on like the edge of like, I want to go and do something with minus 18 or like go to an event, but I was so scared because like that, like, that kind of like being in a situation where you're around people like you is kind of like the like the truth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the you're going to see everything that like is going to be your life. So I was kind of afraid. I was mostly trying to be in secret and all that kind of stuff like that, which is I'm so glad that's different these days now. Like there's no 
um, embarrassment around these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a bit of that embarrassment, and especially if that was on the news, I was just like, oh, oh like, gosh. yeah, I was so scared. And um, so that happened, but the lobbyists didn't realize that they actually contributed to funding um, the formal <laughs> and making it <laughs> better. <laughs> yeah, making it bigger and better. So okay. Um, okay. The, the formal still happened, and it's about these kids that are going to the formal, but the lobbyists still went to the formal and they protested outside of it um, and just showed their hatred towards why they didn't want that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But there was this um, beautiful moment where a bunch of um, LGBTQI plus elders stood out the front with angel wings and they tried to, like, um, barricade and block out all the hate that was being done outside the queer formal yeah. so that all these teens can go and enjoy the night. Yeah. And I think that's going to be so beautiful to portray. But, um, yeah, I'm so lucky that I get to have one of the main storylines oh, in maybe. the in the story she's a girl who's just like living her life and she has an epic love story which is going to be so much fun to portray as well because there's literally none like there's no like kind of there's no like kind of love stories for trans people out there in mm. media or, or like any movies or tv shows where it's not so intense mm-hmm. or like shows so much of like oh my god you can't be with me because I'm trans you know what I mean like all of that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff like that it's like full so, like, the other, like it's either black or white and there's no nuance within that yeah yeah exactly uh, and I feel like it's because it is like written or told by people like older people that are looking on these situations when they're not like you know what I mean like it's not so much told by trans people themselves yeah. and what's actually like these days for trans people in like high school and stuff because people are being more accepting towards it and knowing like they they have more knowledge around trans people so it's not like this taboo thing like oh like the trans person yes um so yeah it'll be cute to portray that and she's just like this it's gonna show um her journey with like that but it's also not a huge plot of her um character development but it's also going to show her dealing with like gender dysphoria which is going to be really important to portray and the way they're going to portray it is um for trans people to resonate with like it's more so not to educate you know what I mean like it's not going to be there for people to be like oh like um you know what I mean? Like, yes, I actually like, do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more so if, like, if tra- when trans gonna people be, watch it. Yeah, they will know. Yes. They yes, will know what that yes, is. And no, if I people know. are confused, mm-hmm. then they can go and educate mm-hmm. themselves on that. Yes. So, um, yes. because I feel like that's another thing that's done, that it's, like, people usually write trans people to, ed- like, to, like, entertain people's curiosity. Yeah. And, like, that's also not really tasteful because, like, these are people's lives. Yes. And it's, like, it's up to us to check ourselves because if I'm confused, if I don't understand something, I will go find out myself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'll watch like historic things about that said group or like all those kind of things like that. It's not like a character's job to like be everything. And if people are confused and that just shows that there needs to be more characters conveying different plots mm-hmm. and stories yep. that just happen to be trans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be amazing to see a trans person as a lead as well. Um, and 
And yeah, in Australia, so I mean, I think yeah, that's, exactly. that's what's exciting me because, I mean, you referenced Euphoria, which is an American show. And this is also part of, you know, what we're trying to do now with our show is to just tell the stories of people here, young people here, and and have that visibility for all kinds of different stories we haven't seen before. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm really, really, really excited for you because even when um, when we met, you know, I just felt like you have so much more to share and your videos and your content, it's so creative that, yeah, it's exciting to see that it's going to grow beyond just, you know, the, the, the YouTube channel or the social media stuff. Yeah. It's going to go beyond that. And that's what we want to see. Yeah. And like I even told you um, when I came in for that workshop that like I was so passionate about acting as well. And you're like, oh, my oh God, you yes. can like act. Yes, and yes. I was like, yeah, like I love acting and I'd love yes. to like do acting. And I was just like when I got this role, I was like, holy oh, crap. Like I just perfect. I was just wanting like a cameo or something like one line to be like, hey, like I'm in this thing. But yeah, I just feel oh. so lucky to be able to, yeah, really get to delve into this character. And plus, I spoke with like the writers a lot as well, like building out this character mm. and there's going to be scenes that actually happened in my like teen years that are going to be written into the show. So, so um, yeah. that's going to be so crazy. Cause like I can say like that happened, yeah. like when people say, well, that's crazy. It's like, yeah, that actually happened to me. Like that's a real thing. Oh, but, um, so, so yeah, good. It, it'll be so good. And so, um, yeah, I guess sort of ending off, where where can people find information if they have questions about how to connect with um, the queer community? And and I'm saying the queer community because last time we saw you at the workshop, we said, what's the best way to describe that group of people? Because, you know, people sometimes honestly get the letters mixed up. Um, oh, yeah. And you, I remember you saying, no, you can just say the queer community. So. I'm putting that out there for all the listeners. Um, yeah, okay. so if people have questions, though, what's the best way to to find information um, or ask ask yeah ask what they want to know? What's yeah what what would you say? What would you recommend? If you're curious about like younger people and like about like your child or just like want to inform yourself about the younger generation with the whole queer community, then minus eighteen is got lots of resources. Mm-hmm. On their website, I mean, there's my channel. I speak more so with just transgender-related things, but there's lots of information there if you go back a year or so where I talk about coming out and, like, parents and high school and just, like, the science behind being transgender as well. I feel like that's a really important video they have as well that mm-hmm. is something I recommend people to watch because I've, like, put all the information and like resources in the description on like more about the transgender like brain and like all the research and just all the details on that and explaining gender dysphoria. Okay. Um, oh, good. And and also just like things like kids helpline as well. Like I find that's a really good resource where it has all about sexuality, um, gender identities, like everything, and they have a whole section where it's like for parents to go and look okay. um, or carers or um, yeah, anyone really. You can even look at the information that's there for like teens and it's pretty relevant and um, yeah. That's so good. I'll put all those links in, in the show notes so people can have a look because 
Um, yeah, that's what we want is people to go off and just read. And I, I keep saying, you know, if people have questions for any of the guests, they can also contact them or, or me. Yeah. Um, and so where do people find you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, so um, everyone can find me at AJ Clementine. So you can just search me anywhere you like and I should come up. And um, yeah, I'm open to discuss and talk to anybody about anything really. And uh, yeah, last question, because we're working in TV and media and we definitely want more of these stories being shown, do you know where we can find new emerging writers who you know from the community who might want to come out and tell their stories or be part of the writers rooms where would we find them oh that's a really good question i wouldn't really know how to answer that um i mean because it's like i don't think there will be like a little spot where everyone's just hanging out where they're just all queer writers i feel like it's more so just like listening in and seeing people that are willing to talk about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they will come and speak up when they want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure, but um, well, maybe like, even I was thinking um, maybe later on. I know definitely we would love to have um, different writers on the show, and I was even thinking we're still going to put callouts for writers because the other thing is. Most of the people who have stories that they want to share or need to be told might not have had writing or TV experience. So part of yeah. it is also to bring those people in so that they can train in in the skills to to screenwrite, to produce. Because um, like me, I've I've never made TV. I just have my story, but I've learned how to write for TV. So perhaps maybe later on, if we're looking for people, we might come to you and say, hey, maybe you can put a call out and just see if anyone is interested. Because I think just hearing you speak um, is making me think, "Mm, I would definitely love to have, um, yeah, some writers on board who can write. Yeah. Well, I do know that one of the writers, um, one of the main writers of Faze, um, she is a queer writer and she's like young and she's actually she's amazing like she's developed most of the script and um she actually has a short film on youtube that has like over a million views um it's it's like an australian um love story between two girls and it's amazing like she's got she's probably like one of the best like writers i've ever like met um what's her name yeah her name is zoe wait i'll get you the exact And by the way, listeners, if you can hear my baby crying in the background, she's just here for moral support. <laughs> oh, no, she's like, she's like, what about me? She's me? been so great. She's just listening, playing on the mat, rolling around. It's wonderful. But, but I think she's... Um, her gonna... name is... Yes, go on. Her name is Zoe Lee Blake. So Zoe, Zoe Blake. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's good for anyone else listening. Um, I'll put links up so people can find her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, thank you so, 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 so much for this chat. I'm sure we will have many more yeah. <laughs> in the future. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on to the show, <gasps> no, AJ. No, thank you for having me. Oh, pleasure. Thank you. You take care. Bye. You're listening to Two Words with Taku. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and recommend the show. see what I mean she's lovely she's so lovely and so kind and sometimes I felt so uncomfortable both um, in this episode and even before when I've met her asking questions so 
uh, I, I want to say naively because I'm like, oh, I don't know what's the correct language. And and when we had that writer's room with the workshop where we'd invited AJ um, to sit with us and just tell us her story. Oh my gosh, she she just taught us so much language, difference between gender and sexuality, um, you know, being sensitive to, you know, you know young people and yeah, just so much information that I thought was so, so important. So I think to end this episode, I just want to throw it out there that um, don't be afraid to go and meet people and ask people and make your intentions very clear as well. I think with me, I'm very open and honest that, look, I don't know. I want to learn. Please teach me. I'm sorry if I offend. I'm not sure. But I really, really want to know and I want to understand. And I and I always go in with love. I think that's my, my thing as well. It's just, you know, everyone's a person. I just want to love them. I want to understand. And then I want to share that story. And and so I think if you, if you are looking to write, um, stories that aren't yours don't don't improvise them don't make them up there are so many people who can speak into that there's so many people who would love to to teach and to share and then also it's a way to honor people um, even financially so you know AJ came through as a consultant so you know she she invoiced us for her work for her experience and I I loved that because I know personally how many times I've gone to places and they just want you to speak and you know that's your time you know that's your you know it's work it can be work so I just want to say if you are going to ask people into your um, writers rooms or into your shows or your projects um, you know really have a good honest conversation about your intentions but also how you can value them and how they can also you know feel just as good um, being part of that experience and uh, yes yeah, so I think for this for this episode uh, I think that's pretty much it really uh, I just wanted to highlight AJ as just one person um, out of the group of oh gosh maybe eight or ten people that I invited into the room to speak and share their authentic story uh, if you have questions about this episode or anything else that I've been podcasting about, you're welcome to email me. I am taku at taku.com.au and I'll put all my contact details in the show notes and also I'll put links to AJ's work and um, social media links as well. So thank you for listening and here's, uh, yeah, here's to more writing and creating and producing and making magic and learning. Bye.